0: It's time for Morning Sunshine with Bridget, a podcast where we interview people who express their stories of triumph. I'm your host, certified life and mindset coach, Bridget Gibson. Morning and welcome to Morning Soulshine with Bridget, and we're so happy that you're with us on this morning. This is October, and in October we recognize domestic violence. Domestic violence is a serious, serious issue in our country and around the world. And do you know that one out of four women are abused by intimate partner, and one out of three men are abused. And on today, we have with us a very, very special guest. Her name is Maggie Kensky, and she is a renowned relationship coach expert, a best-selling author. Guys, she is an advocate for domestic violence. She's a, a TV producer. I'm just so honored to have her with me today. And Maggie, as we go through this interview, you're going to have to just tell us all about everything that you do. And thank you so much for being here.
1: Of course, of course. Because it's my pleasure to be here. Um, like you just mentioned, October is Domestic Violence Awareness Month. And for all of us, I mean, whether you're a survivor or not, It's a time for us to reflect on the damages that's been causing so many lives. And um, it's also good for us to learn the history of these things, how it started. How did we get here? Why did we tolerate so much? Why did we stay? So we have more questions than answers. And today I'm here just to share a little bit about uh, my own personal journey and also some of the things that I've learned along the way. So I'm so glad to be here with you. Thank you for. Well, having me. Thank you so much
0: for being here. And there are so many questions I would like to ask you about your career, just everything. But let's start off with domestic violence. Why mm-hmm. did you become an advocate?
1: This is a good question, Richard, because um, I often ask myself that question, How did I get here? And I think it started when I signed up. To do my internship and i end up at a place where they were servicing victims of domestic violence i never acknowledged that i was a survivor i never shared with anyone what i've been through it was my secret and the close family members that knew it wasn't something that we talked about you know it was too disgusting it was too painful it was too ugly who wants to talk about been abused by their spouse. The person is supposed to help you and protect you and love you.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But during that time, I was doing my internship. I encountered a young lady, which I talk about in my book. And she used to come to the office with a friend, but she was always covered with layers and layers of clothing. Mind you, I was in South Florida. The summertime is, you know, throughout the year. It's always nice and sunny and sometimes a little bit too hot. But seeing someone wearing layers and layers of clothing in that type of weather got my attention. And the first time I asked her, she didn't answer. I asked her again a second time. She didn't want to answer, so I figured I just left it alone. And eventually, as we stopped working together, she got closer to me. And one day she told me the reason that she was wearing all these layers of clothes was because her husband used her food and medication that she had to punish her. Every time she did something that he was not happy with. And in that moment, I realized my gosh, this is wrong. We need a voice, but I never thought that I would be part of that voice. I just thought that we need someone to talk about this, to share the stories, to tell women what you know what to do when they're in these kind of circumstances. But I did not know it was me. I didn't know that I was gonna be part of this until I was at a point where I had to own my own voice. I was telling my clients what to do, and yet I was not doing that.
0: Now, were you um, in the domestic violence situation when you were speaking to your
1: clients? Yes. I just uh-huh. didn't know that I was at that time. Because in my in my life, in, in my eyes, I was happy. Yes, uh-huh. we had bad times. Yes, he said a lot of things that were, you know, hurtful. Uh-huh. But I did not associate them with the domestic violence. To me, that did not exist where I come from. Uh-huh. It was just, I did something wrong and he would punish me. And I deserved it. That's what I told myself because he told me I deserved it every time, you know, he will do something and take away something from me. So I blame myself. I didn't blame him.
0: And isn't it so real that we can look on the outside of ourselves and not look at the inside? Yes. Yes.
1: Yes. Yes, it's, it's really hard for us to do that because sometimes we see things we don't want to know about. We don't want to see them. It's too much. It's too heavy. It's too ugly.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You don't want to see these things. It's easier to just pretend it doesn't exist. And just go on about our lives, you know? I'll get up every morning. I prep myself up looking all nice, go to work and come back home, pick up my kids from school, you know, and go to parties, go to events. But no one knew. No one knew. Because... We play the role, mm-hmm. good family. This is what it's supposed to be like. But you know, it all started from where we were back. We didn't just invent this. Yeah, you exactly. Know? Yeah, generation and generation tolerated it. You know, I had I did some research trying to understand when you know it was it okay, and I realized that this is way before my ancestors. You know, like. Great, great, grand grandmas, you know, understood it was not okay, mm-hmm. you know, but nevertheless, in the environment that they were living in, it was okay for the husband to punish the wife. You know, they even talk about the size of the um, uh, belt or, or whatever thing that they yeah. were going to punish them, that it had to be certain size, and if that size was okay by the law, by the church, it was acceptable for the spouse to discipline his wife if he felt that she did something wrong.
0: Now, did you see any red flags prior to you uh, marrying?
1: Yes, there's always red flags. <laughs> they, they, I mean, the, the red flags are there. We choose not to see them mm-hmm. because it's easier to say, oh, no, 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 it's okay. I mean, I could sit here and share stories and stories with your red flags uh but that would take us days it's because it's it's to me even the yeah. day that i decided one time i decided that i was going to walk away and then i went back and that day i should have walked away mm-hmm. but i let myself be um you know uh th- just just be taken by i'm sorry i didn't mean to and also by friends that said no, no he never acted like this before he's just happy You know, don't worry about Mm it. It will never happen again. Signs were there. We just justified them. And I know I did. I did.
0: Wow. Well, we really appreciate you sharing your story with us. And you know, um, as you being a domestic violence advocate, what are some of the challenges that you have when you're
1: trying to help people? That is another good question. You know, um, for years, I've been doing this. And um, not, even before I started my own business, I didn't really realize on uh, necessary, you know, the work that I'm doing, you know, how much it's, it's needed.
0: Mm-hmm. I
1: didn't understand it. I was just doing it because it felt right. Mm-hmm. What I realized is that one of the challenges that I've been, that I've encountered whether it was prior to me starting my own business or now, um, has not changed. The problem is often, you know, you ask yourself, why do people stay? Mm -hmm. Why do they stay? And I remember people used to ask me why I stayed. So I understand them, Mm -hmm. although it's something that I wish that uh, we don't have to go through asking them, what happened? What made you stay? And I realized that it's science, uh, scientifically it's been proven the survivor will leave the abuser seven to eight times before finally walking away. So at, at challenging that it may be, mm-hmm. they have to go through that. And when we're working with victim of domestic violence, we have to understand it's not their fault. It's the situation and it's the lies it's manipulation. It's the stories they tell themselves. Oh, he's gonna change. Oh, if I put this differently, things gonna be different. So therefore we stay and knowing what it's like, yes, it bothers me, but i also asking them because I used to be in that space where I just survived, while I stayed.
0: Well, we really appreciate the work that you're doing to help domestic violence um, survivors and victims. And, you know, if you know that there's someone who is in a relationship that is a domestic violence situation, you may want to share with them the 800 number to the National DV Hotline. And it's 1 800 799 7233. And, you know, let's talk a little bit about what you're doing now. I know that you are a relationship coach. So yeah. do the experience you had with domestic violence, do it help you with your career that you have now as a relationship coach?
1: Yes, it does. You know, oftentimes I ask myself, how did I get here?
0: Because
1: mm-hmm. I never believed that this is where God would have taken me. Mm-hmm. Um, but for a very at a very young age, people used to come and talk to me about relationships, mm-hmm. asking questions. And I also enjoy sharing but not really with the understanding that I'm actually coaching. Like one of my colleagues told me one time we were talking on the phone and and I said to her, well, guess what? I just published my book and I'm a relationship coach. She says, Maggie, you've been doing this for as long as I know you. She says, but back then we didn't call it coaching. We call it advice. (laughs) 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 uh, Yeah, it's just that... uh, this this is just something that came to me, um, because I think this is my calling, and I embrace it because I see that on this path I'm making a big difference in so many lives, and the women and all the couples that I've been fortunate and blessed enough to work with, I see changes in them, so I'm oh, yeah. taking a journey. That's a blessing. That is a blessing.
0: And, you know, I did mention the red flags um, previously. Now, when you're coaching, mm-hmm. um, is that a area that you talk about, like what to look for when you're single out there dating?
1: Um, can you share
0: that with us?
1: Yes. <laughs> Now this is a whole different part of the coaching practice. Okay, you know, uh, we just talked about the domestic violence. Now we're going to talk about the coaching aspect of it. Okay. Um, one thing that I noticed with my clients, and this is this is happening right now at this moment where I'm talking, you know, with the clients that I'm working with, and uh, what I realize is that women we talk a lot, we do, <laughs> and when we go on a date, we want to tell, you know, that person we're with everything mm-hmm. about us, mm-hmm. you know, and if, I don't know if you've ever been in that situation, you're talking with someone and they ask you one question and then you find yourself just like yeah. sharing, like, <laughs> you know, you can't stop. And I realized this is totally different. The way that we communicate and the way mm-hmm. that we communicate. Okay. Men often ask a question you know, when like, we're talking about like dating women, right? Men mm-hmm. will ask a question and then they will pause and wait for you to answer. Okay. And then we will answer. We sometimes we go back, we can ask them a question as well, but they will answer just that question. Mm-hmm. And then they'll ask us another question and then we go, go on, go on. Go on. <laughs> so what we've been doing, okay, in that process, what we are doing in that process is that we are sharing everything about us Mm -hmm. now this person we don't know if he is a narcissistic or if he's not
0: Mm -hmm.
1: But we have shared so much in such a short time Mm -hmm. we have given that person an open door to get to know us and see us so -hmm. what happened in a short time after we encounter with this person they start telling us things about ourselves Okay. After that they start doing the things that we say we like, right? Mm-hmm. And then they start treating us as we say we want to be treated. Okay. And then now we don't know what happened. Now we start falling in love because this is exactly what we wanted, <laughs> you know. And we don't even understand. Oh my gosh, I'm so in love with this man. He knows me so well. Yeah. But we forgot that we told him everything he needed to know. You You're know? right. You're right. So one of the things that I'm emphasizing what my clients is, answer the question. That's all.
0: That is so good. That is so good. Thank you for sharing that with us. Wow. So you've also written several books. Can you talk about those?
1: Actually, the one that is published, it's uh, called Owning um, My Destiny, Overcoming Toxic Relationship and Finding True Love. Okay, okay and uh, um, I am working on another book that should be published soon, getting my fingers Um, uh, On this book, I actually talk about my journey, how I started, um, why actually I decided to write this book. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I went to an event with Lisa Nichols and, and as I was leaving, I realized that I'm a whole different person and I was asking everybody, um, is there anything different about you? Because I'm not the same. Mm-hmm. so and I felt like there was this big shift in my life okay and I was as I was leaving the hotel uh, after four or five days conference I told some of my colleagues I said I'm gonna write my book and they're all were like oh, okay that's good everybody says that they're gonna write their book uh-huh. and, and I said no I'm gonna write my book and I'm gonna meet Oprah eventually <laughs> <laughs> and then they're just like laughing at me and I'm laughing at myself too just the thought of what I just said that I realized oh my gosh did I just say I'm gonna write my book I'm too private my family have been you know mm-hmm. told, my life, told me keep your personal life to yourself mm-hmm. go in and write no book what are you gonna write about what happened to you no that's not acceptable but I went home anyway and then I started writing I started writing and I just could not stop so my first chapter, I did it, you know, like the first week I came back home. And then I decided to contact someone to help me publish the book. Within three months, the book was done. Wow. I, I wanted to publish it on my birthday. So I held it uh, for another two 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 and a half months. And then it okay. was on my birthday um, because I wanted it to be a gift to myself. So wow. I shared my journey. Yes, I it, it's an interesting book, but I do have to add this to it. The first part that I sent to my publisher when she sent it back to me, I removed half of it. Wow I couldn't share. I just couldn't. It was too much. It was too painful. I couldn't stop my own tears reading mm-hmm. my own book. I couldn't. So I had to make a decision that I the other the only way for me to publish the book. Was for me to remove some things in there, and I also did not want it to be about anybody else. I wanted yeah. to be about me, so there was no, there's no name on there. There's nobody else's story. It's all my journey, my mm-hmm. story. It's and I, that's how I ended it. Yes, it's a small, lot smaller book than anticipated, but um, I didn't feel comfortable bringing anyone into it.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, I'm sure that experience freed you, you know, even though you didn't publish the entire story. It still allowed you to tell your story. Yes. And put it down. Wow, that's amazing. Now, you did say something about Oprah, and I know that you are on TV. So <laughs> tell us about what you do on TV.
1: Well, I am part of the team on Exposure Network Television,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and the owner of the television is Tim Lawrence. Okay. Actually, she has she started uh, this whole vision that she had and brought it to life it's now all almost all over uh, the place and um you can watch different channels like uh, Roku Amazon fire sticks and Apple TV so basically I have my own channel and then I do my own show um ironically lately I've been out of of uh, the TV uh, Business just for a little bit of time because mm-hmm. there's been so much happening in my life. Okay. Uh, I'm actually also getting ready for an event, and I had to make a decision that I couldn't give halfway of any. Okay. If mm-hmm. I'm gonna do it, I have to do it all the way. So, we've done a few shows, we have some more show on the work, okay? Um, okay. that should be coming out shortly. On the last show we did, we talked about uh you know, menopause for women, things that we go through. Yeah, I did watch that one. Yeah, so we are going to be, we're going to continue talking about things that affect our lives, women, men, and kids. Um, So I'm excited about this aspect as well. Mm. But I'm also very excited about um, this Masquerade Ball that we're going to have on December 10th. Oh, cool.
0: Okay, (laughs) so tell us a little bit about what's going on in Florida.
1: Yes, yes, yes. The masquerade ball, I decided to put it together after some people reached out to me. And it was actually the first person who reached out to me was my oldest daughter. She said, mommy, so many people are complaining about relationship, not knowing how to meet people. Men are afraid the woman's going to, you know, reject them. Mm-hmm. And men don't want to be rejected. And the women yeah. feel that, okay, well, they're waiting for the men to approach. Because they don't want to be the one perceived as the one pursuing the man. Okay. So everybody's standing in their corner. Nobody's moving. So how do we meet if no one is moving? So my daughter suggested, well, guess what? Why don't you have a party? So people will be forced to meet and dance and talk. I'm like, no, I'm not doing this. <laughs> this is not what I want to do. No, I'm not having no parties. No, I deal with my clients and I coach them and I show them what to do. I'm not having any party. And then I went to bed the next day I woke up and it was like the whole vision was there. This is what you do, this is what you do, this is what you do. And I called some of my friends and I shared the idea and everybody said, yeah, it's a good idea, let's do it. It sounds yeah. so wonderful. Yeah. yeah, I've never had a master ball before. So it's going to be the first one and I'm looking forward to it. And um, yeah, anybody who wants to join, please. I don't know if it's okay that I uh, tell them. Oh, to. yes, definitely. And what date it will it be? It's going to be on December 10th, 2022. Okay. It's a Saturday. It's going to be in Fort Lauderdale. And to find your tickets, just go to evenbright.com and um, you can just look for my name or masquerade ball, grand masquerade ball. It's called A Taste of Passion.
0: Wow.
1: That sounds so
0: exciting. And you know, we've been talking about domestic violence and we've been talking about your journey Mm -hmm. out of domestic violence. Can you speak to someone right now who's gone through domestic violence and feel like they don't have a purpose? Because listening to you right now, you would have never guessed that you were in a situation like that. So somebody is watching today and they're thinking to themselves, oh my goodness, look all she's done. And she's come from the same place I'm in
1: right now. What would you tell that person? The first thing I would suggest to anyone if you find yourself in a relationship that you don't even understand what it is and can't even identify if it's domestic violence or not, you need to find a support system. Mm -hmm. You need to reach out to some friends, to family members that you can trust. You need to ask questions. You also can just go online and Google what is domestic violence, because then you'll have an idea Mm -hmm. comparing your situation and the answer that you're reading to identify exactly where you are. But the most important thing is you need to seek help. You see, I could have done everything that I just told you, but if I did not have a professional to guide me to the journey, I wouldn't be where I am. You see, because Our friends, they want to protect us. Mm -hmm. So yes, they're going to give us the best advice that they know. Our family, they want to protect us. And Mm -hmm. they'll do exactly the same. But the professional wants to heal you. It's a whole different journey. If I didn't have someone to guide me through that path, yes, I probably would have been able to walk away. Mm -hmm. But would I be where I am right now? I doubt it. Because it takes a lot of strength to be able to say, I'm owning my destiny and I'm not going to allow someone to take me a place where I don't want to be. Wow. And I need to own my own voice. See, one thing that I remember that happened to me that I can never forget when I was in a domestic abuse relationship was that I didn't have a voice. And when you get help, the one thing that is very important as you getting to know who you are, is mm-hmm. start owning your voice. And that is your key to walk away once you have a voice. Wow. That was wonderful.
0: And I love owning my destiny. Yes.
1: Okay. So how can we reach you? How can we reach you? Well, the best way to reach out to me, you can call. There's uh, my business number is 305 546 9699. Or you can also go on my website, www.owningmydestiny.com. I'm also on every platform on social media. So you can reach out to me, leave me a message on Messenger, and see what I'm doing on Facebook. Um, We did stop our show. Um, We had a regular show that we used to do every week. But we just started it last Wednesday. So we're back live again. So you guys can reach out to me anytime. But the most important thing is if you find yourself in a situation where you're not sure, please call the 800 hotline for domestic violence. They will give you the direction that you need to be in a place that can be safe for you and your family. And if it's okay, let me just add a quick little tips. Okay. Yes. If you are in a, in a situation and you're not sure where you are, if it's domestic violence or not, I would like for you to do these things. First of all, if you are with a husband or whichever is your partner, mm-hmm. make sure you have a double key of your house. Not just your key, but mm-hmm. double key and double key. Number two, save Number three, tell some of your friends where, you, every time you're leaving your house, tell someone where you're going to be, and mm-hmm. have a code in case, you call them so they know it means you're in danger. Okay. If you are, um, if you've been abused, remember take pictures of every every time you go to the hospital or to a doctor's office. Take pictures of your scars because these are going to help you. And also, have a police report because you're going to need all these things to get you out of the nightmare that you're in. Okay.
0: Now, can you repeat number two? You broke up at number two. What was number
1: two? I don't remember which order that I okay. told them. But basically, to make sure that um, you have a double key and you have money. I think a little bit towards okay. money. Money. Make okay. sure you have some money put aside that you can always, You even if you have to run out of the house with nothing, but you have some money aside that you can pick up somewhere with a friend or in your car somewhere, mm-hmm. um, wherever that you feel that the money will be safe. You can get it, but not in the bank. I mean, take the cash money Mm -hmm. so you can have it with you to help you get out of that situation. You know, if you have to leave town, Mm -hmm. you know, go to a hotel or something, yes.
0: That's some really, really good advice, really good advice, you know, because a lot of people don't know, what do I do? Where do I go? What do you know? And so thank you so much for sharing all of this information. You are wonderful. You are absolutely wonderful. And if there is anyone out there who's in a domestic violence situation, please call the National DB hotline one 800 799 Seven two three three. And Maggie, thank you so much for being with us on today. And we really appreciate you taking your time to be with us on Morning Soul Shine with Bridget. Would you like to say anything else?
1: Well, I just want to say thank you for having me. I'm glad I was able to share. And if any of you is watching, I hope you got something from this. And please support the work that Bridget is doing. Because she's bringing awareness about domestic violence that affects so many people. Please support what she's doing. Thank you.
0: Thank you so much, and God bless you. Thank you.